the trenches. Mm-hmm. Well, not trenches, but this, like this piece of equipment. You know, it's like a super gun. Do you think those World War One references? It's just over the top. No, I mean that's their perspective. If there's a world war, we're gonna have to have gas masks. I was Won't they be joke. using gas? You know, that's their perspective. They I, just, I was making a joke. Over the top oh. is a World War One term because you go over oh. the top of the the trench. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Trench mouth. Yeah, trench mouth. That's another World War One term. Trench mouth. Is that yeah. like people would get sick? You'd be in the trenches, and you, your breath would stink. Yeah, no. they got horrible. There was horrible disease in there. That's what they're worried about back then. Breath. Oh come on, no. please! Haven't you seen that that movie, nineteen seventeen? Aren't you learned? I did. It's see fucking that. hell. You know, yeah, I like, was, I was like, it, they said like, it's going to be all one shot, right? And I was like, oh, that's so pretentious. But when you watch the film. Like it's seamless in that yeah, way. Yeah, very seamless. Yeah. No, they did. It's a really good job. I mean, it, it's also oh, a this journey. Is a lookout for falling bricks area. Oh yeah, we're not really gonna bomb it. Well, this is cool. Look at these models. Yeah. Give, you can give tell me that there's... blanket. Oh. They're getting gas masked. This is pretty devastating. Yeah. She's War is hell, Michael. Look at that scene. War is hell. Listen, if I had a things to come DVD player and I go to the menu, I'll skip the war part. I'll be like, I do not want that thing to come. Skip. <laughs> you know, they're superimposing the explosions lots of times. Have you noticed? Yeah. They tend to, I can't tell if it's the same shot or it's just an extension of the shot. Oh, that right. guy had a top hat. I think it's just the same set. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this is pretty cool. Well, don't worry. No We're going to fast forward to 1966 soon enough. So, Oh, am I ready? Oh, London, 1966? Oh, yeah. It's been lots of hippies, acid trips. So it's like swinging 60s. And like we saw, what was the Space Venus movie? Yeah. The it was girl like, from Starship Venus. The girl right? from Starship Venus. It was shot in London in Piccadilly okay, Square. Wait. Dead kid, wait. Dead kid. Oh, no. Yeah. This is oh. touching the heart. Wow. That I, kid oh. was paid $4.6 million to pretend he was sleeping without moving his chest. He Look never received the money. They destroyed my entire model set. The devastation. What did the Germans do? They wrecked my models. <laughs> right. Look at the war of the shadows. Oh, that it's, is a super... Wow, look at all this footage. In a boat, go boaty. Now, look, see, there's a futuristic thing, but what they really did there was sort of took the tanks that already existed. Yeah, right, synced it up. You know, the music's playing now. Beforehand, it was that, like, Occidental music, the background mm -hmm. uh, sound effects, you know, like the bombing. And now it switches to music. It's a pretty well put together film. Well, you see, H.G. Wells wanted to have the music recorded in advance and then make the film constructed around the music. It was one of the reasons why he was removed as director. Um, <laughs> really, this guy named Arthur Bliss did the score and afterward, you know, in a conventional way. And um, there was a concert suite 
and it's still like popular in 2015. You know, like the musical score. It's it, like some college will do it. You know. Nice. And this are the helicopters that they predicted, the black helicopters, no less? No, no. We're still back oh, the in planes. 1940, right? Oh, yeah, now. there we go. We're in the war. Wow, this and is crazy. They must have multiplied the image or something. Now, they're propeller planes. And when we go into the future, they'll never leave that. They, it will see the 1930s mindset. It, they will always be propeller planes. Well, don't forget, did you ever see Back to the Future 2, where in the future we had TV, uh, TV sets that we talked to? At fax yeah. machines in every room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like, '90s, right? Yeah, he got fired. Uh, fax came and says, "You're well, fired." It's a joke, fax mom. <laughs> it's a joke, <laughs> fax mom. Yeah. <laughs> now what we're gonna have is a dogfight and a rack, and he'll land and hold the dying man, and you know. Man, that's something romantic about dogfights. Right? You're yeah, up there. This, the whole point is to kill another man in his expensive plane. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they're, it is very romantic uh, when you see dogs doing it. They. Um, oh, yeah. They kind of hold each other at a distance. It looks like they're dancing on their hind legs. Yep. And they're sort of connected like, <laughs> like a Lego piece. Okay, so we here comes the crash. Okay, and roll them. You're acting. Oh, uh, oh, oh the G-force. Oh, look. Oh, the model. I know. Here comes another one. Yeah, it's a biplane. He's going to spit on the grave of the guy he killed. It's just my finishing touch. I'm a little psycho. No, no. They're on the same side. They're on the same side. Oh. He's going to rescue. Now, there's no way that guy would have survived. Carl, but... the plane landed on its wheels. Of course it's going to survive. <laughs> it was right side up. Oh, I'm struggling. Uh, the plane pain. The pain of the plane. <laughs> the pain plane. Do, what, what, describe your pain. Pain. I Just plain pain. <laughs> Nothing fancy. Oh, they're talking. Yeah. Uh, it's melodramatic. That is my guess. Yeah, Shakespeare. Now, yeah, Shakespeare, here we go. a cute little girl, okay? And it's one, It's the girl that, like, this guy was trying to bomb and gas, you know? Oh, so no. Now, right. It's just, a, it's just a local farm girl, you know? Here she comes. And he goes, no, no, no. Don't sacrifice your life and give it. I'm dying anyway. Give her mine. And then he'll see the irony in this girl he tried to kill. He's going to die for. Right. The irony. Thank God this movie was lacking irony. This movie hits you over the head with whatever shall become of the blah, 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 blah. You know, he just said, why must we murder ourselves? So it's insane. This war, you know, we're going to get a lot of that. Platitude. We just... I I mean, really, like a story-wise, we saw you know war happen in London with maybe minimal characters, right? Oh, I mean, there was extras, but yeah. I yeah, mean, like there was the extras, but but these guys that are the threat of this movie, they weren't really there during those scenes. It was just no. war. It's right. It's like man against the world, not man against a. Yeah. This whole movie will not have an. A, there'll be a segment in which a guy's like looked at as a villain. We'll get to him soon. 
Now, do you feel like I haven't read the book, which can, uh, maybe the book is like this too. It is a journal and journals start and then it tells stories and it ends. No, it's, but is it, there like a overarching story to this? Is there a reason for me to, I mean, I, I want to watch it to the end, but I, I don't want to be disappointed. Um, you will be disappointed. What we're going to see is a saga of what's to come. And it's not really going to wrap up in a. The war's over, Carl, 1945. No, it's not over. It's not over. Wow, it's still happening? Yes, that's right, 1955. Still in 15 war. 15 years. Oh, look, trenches. You see that? Yeah, that's right. In 1955, they're in trenches. Now, you'll see some sock hops, and the Fonz has a cameo. Oh, right. In 1960, this movie doesn't make any sense. Oh, it now be... it's, no, it's, now it's 1960. It's Laverne and Shirley and such. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Whoa. One. Oh, he's the invisible man. They killed him. <laughs> right. He just, okay. So now we're like way in the future and it's 1966. Okay. And the world is a wasteland. So much oh. war. And there'll be disease too. It's still the news, uh, Look, the paper newspaper. Says, see, it says four pounds sterling. Yeah. To a person in 1936, they'd be like, what the fuck? I mean, that is inflation, you know? But, you know, it's large print, so they, those, they're, cause they're <laughs> a lot older now. I didn't like that when I saw it. It didn't make sense. Why isn't it in a newspaper? Well, he's been, this movie communicates through a lot of signs and a lot of Now look at every town. Look at it. Every town oh. is demolished. Hey. What do you want to do? I don't same know streets to... we were in before. Yeah. What, is what is that? Friends out for night? What do you want to do? What oh, do no, no, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. It's, oh, we want to we want to clean up some rubble. I don't know. I thought I would go over and clean some rubble. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we're going to just, do you have a broom? I want to sweep the dirt. Hey, man, I, I heard uh, there was a band playing at the uh, bowling alley remains. <laughs> Oh, cool. Really? The band's playing in a bowling alley remains? Thought we should check that out. <laughs> There's a raid tonight at the the crumbled well. Oh, cool. I, I, I could pick up a couple items from there. Okay, now, why did a sickness come? I'm not sure. I guess from the gas or something. From I'm war, sure. yeah. 15 yeah, years so of war. What happens in this is you get intently sick. Intensely sick? And you, yeah, you didn't intend to get sick. Your intent, you get intensely sick. And then all of a sudden you wake up and spring out of bed and sort of kind of zombie your way. You're in a lot of pain, but you start walking. What does Dr. Harding thinks about this? Right. It was terrible. <laughs> How many H.G. Uh, Wells books or movies have you watched or read? Well, um, uh, I read that Time Machine one. I read Leagues Under the Sea, the submarine one. Listen, I think that might be Vern. Oh. Jules Vern. Okay, I don't know. Just I'm certainly the Time Machine. Here he comes. Here's this. He's not really a zombie. Oh, I the, say. War yeah, of the Worlds. Disease person. Oh, no, right. I should have wore a mask. Right. That's where I was going. Now, look at this guy. You see this guy? I think he's going to become our bad guy. 
I think that's the one with the hat, the American. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so he that did. Guy a... was, um, uh, hired because he was a name. So what he's saying is, own oh, a bloodless shot. Uh, damn it! Why was right. we shoot each other in the streets? I need oh my to God, come you up with your. He shot Bob Fosse. Oh, so, two, three, four. So anyway, <laughs> the bad guy who I think is the bad guy is like rallying the troops. Like, if you see a walking zombie, fucking shoot them. They got the disease. Anyone with the disease, kill them. And like, this will pay off like a decade in the future. But okay. it's a long, painful kill people process. Look, a zombie, bang. Yeah. And you see a zombie, shoot it. Got it. So okay. shoot him in the head. No, I just did that. Now, <laughs> the the love interest here, this film doesn't have heroes and such, except for this one guy. This sold to us as a love interest. She's got the zombie zap and oh, no. the whammy jammy, and she's going to do it. She's going to get up and start walking. There's a guy on, like, zombie patrol now. Right. When you see oh, a zombie, shoot him in the, between the eyes. Does that stop them from zombieism? I guess. <laughs> They're dead. It's fun. The idea oh, no. is stop the spread of the disease. Now, she's got the zombieitis. I guess, but she's not really a zombie. She's just like fucked up and in pain or something weird. She's sick. Walking oh, around the war toilet. Zombieitis. Scramble. Zombie Scurry. Coming. And then this the doctor will come out like, don't shoot her, don't shoot her. And then the bad guy will be like, hey, didn't I fucking tell you to shoot these people? And he goes, okay, both. And he does it. There we go. It's Ready? not the doctor. It's the love interest guy. No! Hey, I'm the hey. bad guy around here. Right, I'm the American with the hat. <laughs> A bloodless shooting again without any gun smoke or... Or even noise. I think I heard like a trap pop. <laughs> oh, look at this. No man is ever wrecking the ravages. We're not stopping in 67. We'll stop in 1970. Is, does things pick up in 1970? Like, do they have houses? Well, like, there's a popular show called The Brady Bunch on. And, like, the hippies kind of die out in this period, you know. This the is more the me decade is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yes, I am. Saturday Night Live gets big. Um, right. New Wave is born, although it's not big yet. It's alternative. I see a lot of Cousinarts, uh, Perrier water, and running <laughs> shoes in this scene. That's a good one, Mike. Cousinarts. That's perfect timing. If it's 1970, it's probably like Pet Rocks. Yeah. Hey, look it's at this. Things are coming you. back. And it's, it's descriptions of their services, so I know what a dairyman is. <laughs> <laughs> they, pay, wow. they spent a lot of money on this, and it was over a million dollars in American money, but they, they did it in sterling pounds, of course. I mean, this is everything in the shot. There's no tricks, right? Do they do maths, you think? Like the kind of. Well, yeah, like for instance, during the first war that we saw, um, right. like they had rum the building crumble and fall on people, but it was superimposed. But these shots with hundreds of people in the in the square, they're there at the shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sorry, misunderstood. Yeah, this is all practical. 
But, uh, you know but no, no, the explosion part is. <coughs> hey, you look, Carl's your dad. Your dad's in the shot. Oh, his, look. His butt? I didn't see my dad. Did you? Yeah. You really did? Darn There's it. a little baby back then. <coughs> oh, it's your great great grandpa. It's your great great grandpa. You made a fluffy. It's, your great, it's right. It's your great grandfather. Your great grandfather. Now they're like, hey, we got a fucking car. That the only one in the county or whatever. They they manufacture cars now? I guess so. They manufacture no. tanks. No. No. He got a... This and a part oh. of that. It's like a Cuban special. So we're going to finally go Mad Max in this movie. No. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> oh, the donkey's pulling it. There's no tires, Carlos. Well, no. Awesome. He doesn't have gas at the moment. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> It is kind of stupid. You know, How many horsepower you got? What are you? Are you blind? I got two. There's one right in front of me. I noticed that it was like newspaper, newspaper in the 1970s. Like, hello, radio news, non-visual radio news. Give us 22 minutes. We'll narrate your film. Now that was Ollie Ollie Ox, who you saw, and they're gonna set him free. Ollie Oxen free. Mm-hmm. Look at that dome. Is that City Hall? Back in the day. There's, yeah. There's going to be an open mic at the... <laughs> oh, it's cracked yeah, dome. You know, I'll go to William Briggs. I'll be like, listen, Tuesday's kind of dead, right? Yeah. You, you guys can do a little business on Tuesdays, right? Right. Listen, look, there's a lot of foot traffic. There's soldiers marching. There's, you know, <laughs> people will come in. They'll get a drink. Uh Tony B. Do you know Open Micro Tony wait, B? Wait, wait, wait. Do you think that's the same guy who was doing the shooting? I, I think it is. He is wearing a hat, Carl. No, well, no, he's like now the local warlord. And he's bullying warlord. them. I want my planes in the air. We're at war. Warlord. The war's raging on and, you know. I'm Daddy Warbucks. Is that oh, as loud as you can be? Oh, no, I could crank this up. It's not my fault this guy's dull. Yeah. Well, you know, he's going to be a blustering blowhard, but he's not a... Is that an asshole? You, get, you know, he does his... A leader. So they got a sorceress? No, that's just his wife. <laughs> This isn't the future that you're thinking of. Yeah. The future, in the future, vampires walk during daylight. Right. And they'd be dressed up all today. I don't yeah. know what that means. But. I mean, for a post-apocalyptic world, everyone's hair is fantastic in this movie. A lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And that's another thing. Like, they'll always have their 1936 hairstyles. In the future, right. that won't change. Right. Michael Richards had the same haircut in <laughs> Nothing ever changed. Wait, holy shit, oh, what is that? There's no such one. fucking thing as a plane. What is that? Metal bird. Yeah, Mad Max was like Road Warrior. They were like, oh shit. No, it was in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Remember the guy had a whirly bird or whatever? Yeah, he had a uh yeah, he had an airplane and they were all gonna yeah. take off in it. Remember there was not enough runway and so yeah, 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 that's right. The he was so Australian. He was yeah, totally. Okay, so the plane's right. landing, so he's like, go around! 
arrest them and bring him to me. Who is this person? Listen, I'm the war. Right. Uh, right. He's. That's it. I'm the war lord around here. Yeah. He's the war whore. I don't like that term. It's warlord. So what he. The lord of. Maybe. Lord of whore. Um, <laughs> he is the. Um, he has been trying to get planes in the air so he can win this war. And, and they're all fucked up and they don't have, you know, gas. And But um, somebody's flying over in a plane. He's like, that's my ticket. Now, this is their idea of a totally modern plane. Yeah, look, there's no flies that'll hit you in the teeth because you got this mask on. You burp in there, though. It's going to stay in there. <laughs> Where can I vomit? I've been wearing this helmet for two hours. Yeah, this is his space helmet. He's got space hair. <laughs> well, he's just I'm... old. He's just old. All right. So this and it's like you're under arrest. You know they they sent this bumbling idiot, and he just sort of walks all over him, and now he's leading him. Come on, I know the way. How I know. Everyone. Let's follow space, Dad. Right. You see, that's Japanese, those high shoulders. That was a design they got from... Oh. Promote? I don't know what the word is. All right. Oh, good. They put the camera on the ground, Carl. Yeah. The cameraman was sick that day, and the <laughs> H.P. Wells was like, we're directing. We're, right. I mean, we're, we're filming. Let's... Uh, I, qu I quit, and I'm taking my tripod. God damn it. God damn it. All right, we've spent budget. <laughs> I spent all this money on these war signs and um, old broken signs in the background. Did you see Citizen Kane? I think this will work. I know, I know, but I'm H.G. Wells. I'm predicting the future. Right. War of the Worlds. That was a big one. So this guy has not gone to the Warlord and he's get he's going into the professor's lab kind of thing and now this like bumbling idiot again is like no no i'm be i'm really being serious now you you gotta come with me wow look at that that's the dome we saw yep he's one man's living in oh i guess oh, it's his he office is, he is the whore lord yes now she <laughs> yeah back to the future too yeah 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 now, she is smarter than him, okay? And she's like queen, you know, but not really because she's a woman and she just, she's, not, you know, she's not going to get a chance. But she can advise and she's saying, stop bullying this guy around. Do you want planes? Let's figure out what he knows, you know? He comes from a place that represents... Um, What's it called? The Freemasonry of Science? Yeah, it's... It, it, He's a space mason. People trying to get civilization back together, okay? Uh-huh, well, with secret handshakes. the name, and um, he's representing that. He's going to have the warlord fall in line. Essentially, they're going to come and invade and shut him down. Clever. But I think he's a Freemason from outer space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the feds in the little car. Space. He's not from outer space. He's from the future. Let us come to the wall. 
Still at it, eh? We must clean that up. What do you mean, we must clean that up? On war. Who are you, I say? The law. Law and sanity. I'm the law here. I said law and sanity. Where do you come from? Who are you? Wings over the world. Well, you know, you can't come into a country yeah. like this. When did the Marvel blip happen? The five years span? <laughs> Marvel blip? What That's is 2007 that? to 2012. You're talking about the cima- cinematic universe? Remember the guy snapped his fingers? Hey, Carl. Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, I went to... I, I actually asked for my money back when I saw that movie. And the manager says, can I help you? I said, uh, yeah, I would like to get two tickets refunded for Avengers. Uh, and he goes, well, why, sir, you watched the entire movie? I go, uh-huh. That movie was about a guy who snapped his fingers. And half the world's population disappears. Uh-huh. And my friend is still here. <laughs> I want my money back. It didn't work. Yeah, but it's not reality. Okay, I so he's a 50-50 lo- chance. <laughs> yeah, right. It depends. If you get a manager who's like, fuck this job, right? No, no, 50% of my friend would disappear. Right. Oh, okay, okay. I'm yeah, a little behind. Hey, that's a joke I, I never give up on. <laughs> it's just see if I have a minute to kill left. And you often do. Yeah, I come up short. I'm like, <laughs> here's my strong joke. A little filler. Here's my strong middle. A little filler. Killer <laughs> ending. And I look, it's like a minute and a half. <laughs> oh, I better tell that other joke. So we're missing a lot of... It isn't really plot. What we're missing is blustering. So what's happening is... He's like, you're mine now. I own you. You are my prisoner. You're going to help me make planes. And he's like, look, man, hey. I, it's not me. I represent a whole, you know, new civilization. And if they know I'm here, if I don't go home, they're coming to get you. And who's, who's in the middle? Who's, who else is there? The, the queen is there. If that's her real term, seriously drinking this guy in and learning about him. Gotcha. I got it. My God, Star Wars prequels are more interesting. We will. Look at that. He's like letting it dangle. Yeah, that's you, right. Yeah. Now, he's Sorry. got some German insignia. And what it implies is that the Germans invaded the UK. But we never learned the, who's the enemy. We're in any town, Carl. Any, any town, USA. Any town. This could be a town in Germany. Look how good he is acting as a kooky dictator with his wide eyes and proclamations and storming in, right? He's wearing lion skin or some bullshit. Look at him. Yeah, man. He's acting. His feet on the bed. I'm a warlord. He he needs a yacht. If he's a true warlord, you get yourself a yacht, a mega yacht. They're landlocked in every town. They're landlocked. Well, they got a crest there. He's making a lot of sense. She's advising him not to, not to bully this guy. And aerial bus driver. Oh, okay. They left me alone. I can finally do what I came here for. Well, he's sort of like in some sort of cell. Oh, I see. I got gotcha. you. They locked him up. 
Don't be such a dunce. So let me get this straight. This guy comes from another place, and he has things that things like, that. Yeah, he comes from like uh, wherever their central base is, Nova gotcha. Scotia, Canada. I don't know. All right, I got you. Right, and they're like building a new civilization, and they're kind of doing it like I wouldn't say town to town, but like area to area. And they're coming in, and they're finding out who's the asshole warlord, and they're they're ra- they're kicking the beehive, they're rattling the cages. This would be a great TV show. Every week, you go to a feudal warlord, <laughs> yeah. and you fuck right. their shit up. And it's a, some kind of take a story on trying to, and in yeah. the end, things that come to kick your ass and take your land. Season finale, like. The main, like, uh, you know, best friend dies, like, at the hands of the warlord. He loses his his wife, dies, something. Right. You know? Oh, look at the oh. trenches again. World War One. Now, we'll yeah. see that throughout. There are some predictions they make that work, others that don't. But we'll never leave machine the guns. mentality of make bigger machines or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. little underprepared for this one i did see it four times no this is good. isn't solid carl all you have to know is that there are things to come that's it that's <laughs> the research you need to do tell <laughs> me about the time tell me about the movie so sharp and having all the answers and blah 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 this is the most descriptive movie title i've ever heard yeah there's things yeah. Now you see how those were 1936 horses, not like our modern horses. Not like our modern day horses. But don't forget, there was a war from uh, 1940 to <laughs> to the present. Yeah, but think about that. That's 40, 50, 60, 76 years. Non-stop I mean, war. Yeah, but then they, I don't know. It it's should, never ending war. I wonder if you, as a filmmaker, did that, like just changed hairstyles to something we've never seen before, make them wear spazzy clothes, you know, like, like would that turn off an audience? Well, we, we're just waiting for this guy to finish the speech, but the camera's walking around. There's so many people in so many detailed costumes around him, you know? Yes, we will like, there's never that guy in the corner. his speeches. I mean, the fire in the room is more interesting than this speech. Yeah, what kind of ventil? Oh, the dome, the right, the cracked dome. Oh, I guess the cracked dome. Yeah. So right now it's like more bullying. Like I want my fucking planes, and then they're like, "Well, if you want the planes, we need the professor, and we need this new uh, weirdo space guy." What a shot! Yeah, with the smoke in the background. Look at the sharp nose and the out-of-focus nose. You can visualize the 1936 movie trailer, right? There's a cut like that, and then a a title card will come up, and it'll say, What a cast! (laughs) And then they'll have a little (laughs) zippity-dippity-doo. It's like you were there. We've seen so many of these films. I remember, like, uh, I would discover, like, a movie from the 30s has a trailer, and it's just, like, clips with, like, you know. So poorly done. You'll laugh. This guy was modeled after Mussolini. 
That's what H. G. Wells did. Oh, did Mussol did H. G. Wells realize that Mussolini is a weenie? No, he bit his weenie. You, Mussolini's a weenie. Where did you did you make that up or did you? No, there's a remember. I think it's from Life Is Hell. There's like a World War Two Jingle Bells, or it's like Jingle Bells. Hitler's Mussolini is a weenie. No, he bit his weenie. Mussolini oh, he bit his weenie. His weenie. Yeah. Okay. And the there Joker is this one uh, joke song I I learned in the 1940s. They made a joke song against Germany because we were at war. Right. And it was like when the Fuhrer says we is the master race, we howl, <laughs> howl, <laughs> right into his face. Have you ever was heard it? Spike Jones? Yeah, I have heard yes. that. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's J O N E S. It's funny. Okay, so this guy's like, no, I will not help you. I, I, he wants a gas and he wants airplanes. I, so it's just bullying. I don't know. It, it's even a little boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is at least there's a story to this. Well, is there? It's very detached, and one thing doesn't lead to another. We, I don't know. Okay, H.G. Wells conceived his treatment as a new story meant to display the social and political forces possibilities. He had outlined in his 1933 book, Escape of Things to Come, a work he considered less a novel than a discussion in fictional form presented itself as notes of a 22nd century diplomat. Gotcha. Have you ever seen uh, Cloud Atlas? Yeah, horrible. But that was like past, present, and future. Yeah, well... That's not nice to say horrible. It wasn't horrible. Um, I think I was confusing it with Fountainhead. Oh, the Fountain. Yeah, Fountainhead and uh, Cloud Atlas, two different movies. But I, yeah, I hear you about that. Because yeah, I think she wrote a, a book. Anne Rand wrote The Fountainhead, right? Right. And uh, Darren Arzowski directed a, a close to three-hour movie based uh, on it. But Cloud Which Atlas... We was a, a novel a different by a different author and i i attempted to read the novel like i always try to do and i mm -hmm. made it through like the, at least the first chapter but it's basically different periods of time where the same actors played different roles uh in each time period and they have different makeup and uh it's and all connected man it. yeah so but I, can, I can see if you're not yeah no 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 it, he's just blustering and he'll continue to do it this is film drags its ass in the middle here she's great she's been either bored or interesting or that's it and you can see behind her eyes she's thinking yeah not blondie here right well no blondie's doing her part Let's wait for him to be quiet <laughs> can we have a seat at the table where there's not flaming billowing smoke behind me <laughs> it's very hard for me to eat these oysters Now he's railing against books. This guy is Mussolini. You could tell Wells is like, fuck you. And we shouldn't pay Wells royalties. Who's with me? Oh, what a now, terrible Mike, future. Queenie's out of there. And where does she go? 
in the to bay. The source. Yeah. It's a, it's a very civil conversation and very reasonable. She should be the warlord. Well, that's a good point. So, but isn't he like out to break uh, heads, warlord heads, and bust up shit? No, he's out. He'll do that because the job has to get done. But no, he goes to places and reasons with them, you know, and, you know, I'll cure your sickness. I will, you know, he, he brings Has, civilization. Getting rid of the sickness will just stop the bloodless bloodshed on the streets. <laughs> the bloodless, the non-firing killing guns. Ah, pew, pew. Oh, <laughs> all right, pew. Oh, pew. I got pewed. <laughs> Oh, that's my cue to fall down. Right. Yeah, all right, so she's bargaining. Yeah, well, she's trying to... Right now, she's not bargaining as much as she's explaining herself. Why she's, like, wants, wants to learn about him and everything. And, you know, like, what he represents is a life outside these city walls and an end to poverty and nice so she's like i'm willing to deal but i don't have the power oh so she's bargaining with this guy this is really interesting also there's 17 steps behind her i counted 17 steps isn't that interesting? Well, it's very compulsive of you. Two, three. Four, five. Five, six. six seven, eight. Get out of the way, nine. Nine. Oh, shit. One. Oh, I was almost there. <laughs> I started to sweat because I ran out of, I'm go, you know, I could see I was going to run out of fingers to get to Thank God. Thank God there were 21 steps. <laughs> oh, that, uh, that's an empire. I mean, those astronomical. That one, two. Three, four, four, five, six, six, seven, seven eight, 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 Look how he's staggering a little drunk, and he's still Mussolini. He's got the trench breath. Trench breath. That's right. There you go. Trench breath. All right. Yeah. Anyway, look. This I ends today. I don't think this is... This is a good man. I mean, it's just... You know, I, I appreciate that, that they're going for it. They're going for broke. Because there's been Nostradamus movies. Maybe I could find it on YouTube. But there was one from the 80s, early 80s. Nostradamus predicts. And I think Orson Welles hosted it. Okay. And they had someone play Nostradamus. And at the end, it's like, there's going to be a war. And if, you know, you happen to be in New York City during the month of September, 
stay stay clear. You know? Stay inside. Yeah, stay inside. Get in go, the basement. Go, yeah, go to New Jersey. Just say it. But it was like uh Is it a is soon? it a full length movie? Yeah, it is. It was like Nostradamus says or something like that, or like in okay. the week. It was there was these popular books, and I guess this is the the template, the things to come where it'd be like, Oh, what was it? The Chariots of the Gods? Do you remember, I remember that? Yeah. And Nostradamus had his predictions. The movie 2012 uh, with John Cusack was based on right. Nostradamus' prediction that that was the year the world would end. Wait, I thought that was the Aztec calendar. Well, I think but- he ripped off and never gave him credit. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the Aztec calendar. Look how he's helping him fix the planes now. He knows how to work a wrench and shit. There's a lot of money invested in all this stuff, like the bayonets and <laughs> this mechanical stuff. You think this coon skin cap came off a coon? Raccoon. They like go, yeah, they must have like eating raccoon meat. Or he must have just got it at the Dizzy store that was destroyed in 1952. Six. <laughs> the Davy Crockett hats. Look at this. We are barnstorming. Too bad the bars are a piece of shit. Oh my goodness, they've done it. We've got a working plane. We do. Next up is the dance on the wings for the audience below. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Look, All yeah, right. What year is yeah. this now? No, this is the civilized people. It's Interesting. Still... Look at yeah, how advanced technology. Soundless but recording, noiseless recording. How it is just like their idea would be what we have today, but like souped up bigger and better. Right. It's you know they're on that step ladder. It's junk displayer. So he's the, the head leader. Well, they're like, guess what? Uh, you know, what's his face didn't check in. Just like the guy was threatening to the to the Mussolini. <laughs> um posters in the main okay, so this is about like H.G. Wells' d- degree of control over the project. Like it's unprecedented for a screenwriter. Like posters in the main title build the film as H.G. Wells' Things to Come with an Alexander Corda production appearing smaller. So the, the production company itself was littled to his name. He was the famous name. Wells had no control over the finished product, really. It's just uh, there were many scenes shot and truncated like he was all over its production but hostages because it shoot them anyway the chap harding of course come to him it's this gas i had to pull his arm off and not okay him. so futuristic costumes worn by citizens of every town with the rigid shoulder extensions were patterned after Kate Ginu shoulder cloth of the Japanese samurai. 
This film's released uh, in the U.S. 1947. That's a long time after. It would be a double bill with another H.G. Wells-inspired film. Now, what they're loading here is called Happy Gas. Now, what they're loading up here on the plane, Mike, it's Happy Gas. It's the opposite of that World War II evil gas that'll kill you. This is Peace Gas. Right. This is Peace Gas. Okay, so that's H.G. Wells' way. The left is right then. Right is wrong. So Mussolini's blustering and says, get in your planes, let's go. Let, so now they're going to fight whoever the enemy is, okay? Which are those future guys that are going to crush No, them? no, not the future guys. Like the other warlords. Gotcha. It's like feudal Europe kind of thing. No, they know these guys have the edge because the other feudal warlords may not realize future guys are going to get them. Gas? What sort of gas? I know nothing about gas. Tell us about these masks, anyway. How quaint. A 1970 gas mask. <laughs> blustering. Blustering! I know. Why do I feel like I'm in Springfield from The Simpsons? Oh, look at that. Yeah. It's modern. That is a very modern model. It's available at FAO Sports, uh, second floor. You know it's a real shot because it's going through clouds. You can't fake that. Oh, I know. And the string was like, it looked like it was dangling and not hovering over it. The H.G. Wells predicted in the future string technology. Right. In the future, <laughs> model uh, planes will uh, represent real planes in movies. <laughs> Did you see how the dials were big, like barometer and clock right. right so it's like if we saw it today it would be like some sort of float screen with little boxes and you well, know like, like those weird uh real reel-to-reel computer database machines that are <laughs> whoop, 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 that spin around <laughs> they were in the future they sure were buddy <laughs> what is this come Oh, the rave against you. So we're going to have this long sequence. Now, right. it's so 1936 because they're going to deploy by parachute. You know, it's just. Aren't you supposed to say like, wow, this is great imagery, the black and white and the clouds. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and the... No, you're right. It's fun. And it's. But it's know, dull. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to... It's a comedy show. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Propellers. All this movie is missing is uh, The Rock as Black Adam. Like, if he came... <laughs> Perfect. He was... Yeah. That's the opposite of practical effects. A movie like Black Adam, where everything is possible, so anything happens because everything right. is just CGI. That's right. Everything is CGI, so you could do anything. I, You know, we've come a long way, like you and me, buddy. I mean, from what yeah. we can see. I remember the first time I ever saw, there was, you know, it's a practical effects world, right? I'm watching TV, and there's this Budweiser truck. 
and it morphs into a sports car, a Budweiser logoed sports car. I just, I, you know, like fell back on my chair. I mean, like, how can you, what kind of sorcery and magic do these people possess? You know, it was like one of the first computer graphic things I ever saw that like tricked me and I believed it. Right, sure. I remember going to see Terminator 2 and the guy morphed into, you know, he, he turned into liquid and like, what? Yeah. What kind that of was, world? I, I, I felt that with the, a little with the abyss too. Like that was just pretty nuts. Yeah. There's, there's some movies now that I see and I'm just amazed by this, how the special effects work and like uh, stuff I've never seen. But for the most part, like all this is just practical. They really had to build this with the smoke and the extras. Right. They really did every... Now, the, there's only one person that the gas kills and it's Mussolini. Warlord. Yeah. Oh, look, long live the chief. Long live, no, that's chef. That says chef. Oh, long He's chef. Very popular. Yeah, I mean, there, well, there wasn't a lot of food around, and this guy could work miracles. They never really got newer newer episodes of South Park, so they really were fans of the chef. <laughs> they just didn't know. Oh, true. <laughs> look, it, it's so... They didn't predict anything here. Oh, no, this is what we do. We walk out of a diner and jump out of an airplane. <laughs> Art Deco, we jump out of an Art Deco plane. Art Deco, that's right. Yeah. I don't know if it's literally right, but I mean. It looks more Space Invaders, I guess. Maybe they predicted Space Invaders. Okay, everyone, stand still. We don't have CGI, so you have to be in the shot and you have to lay still. We don't have CGI. Here they are. They're tied up for the last 10 minutes, so we got the sun right. Let me feel your head. <laughs> Let me take your pulse. Oh, I'll put my arm around you. Hello! Hey, I'm free. Hello, comrades! Are they new people wearing the suits? or? It's the people from Future Land, you know, from Civilization yeah. World. Ah, pity the poor ch chef. Look at him laying there. Man. His kind will never learn. Looks like Futurama. Oh, everyone's like, what? Is it lunch yet? Is the commissary open? I feel great. Craft Services is here. Hello. Uh, I was promised a toy if I return a gun. <laughs> Everyone get up now. You have your toys. All right, now here oh, yeah. we have the official council, and we're going to have his vision of the project. Is this, this is at an Apple store. Right. Now, let's listen to his All right. proclamations of the world to come. It's going to take forever. They got the last warlord. Yeah. Warlord. That's what it is. Wings Over the World is the name of their organization. So it's over. So wow. Wings Over the World. Wow. Or, what is what? What? 
Wings no, of the yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the great wow it was perfect for marketing. Can you so just call it Wings Over World? Can you just no, call it? No, it has to be the world. God damn it, our acronym. Okay, so now civilization will come to every town. And what that means is industry. So we get models. They make models. But they're mining the lands finally. They're stripping the earth at last. What they're going to do is they're going to, yeah, they're going to take these raw materials and turn them into a beautiful every town. Now, look at this 1936. Right. Why would you need a a plank of wood? I like the (laughs) long staircase that that device had. This is Uh like the the peacetime workings. Right. No longer we see tanks and airplanes. Exactly. We're seeing gas that turns the rock into mush or something. So is this a thing that came or went? The, The hand musher. Look at that. I don't think we have that yet. Whoa, that was practical. We okay. <laughs> so practical. My friend is trying to patent a a, a wheel musher. What'd you say? A hand wish? Yeah, like know? a hand. Oh, I guess it's one of those cranes. <laughs> but um, it's a long process. He's got patent pending. Oh, I see. This looks like the Matrix a little. Oh, inside, like Zion. Yeah. Those uh, creepy. Yeah, they come out and they like attack your real life. You're not even in the Matrix when they attack you. Right. You're in the real life. This is off limits. You have to have some boundaries machines. We'll fight you in the. Yeah. You built a a battle, a war war world. You know, I hate you fucks, but I got to admit, this is the greatest game ever. (laughs) Okay, so. Now we're going to get a lot of montage. A lot of montage. We are going to get so much montage. I have my turbines. Turbine, yeah. I have my best of 80s electropop uh, uh, soundtrack. (laughs) This would be perfect for it. Yeah, right? The live so fast. (laughs) Yeah, we're just missing Giorgio Marauder. Okay, I'll take the stairs, ladder. You were just going to see montage of montage. stairs and ladders and. Now you saw Metropolis, right? I have seen Metropolis, which is one of the public domain movies this year. Yeah, yeah. that's right, 1927. Before filming started, author H.G. Wells told everyone who'd fucking listen how much he hated Fritz Lang's film Metropolis, 1927. And how he wanted them to do the opposite of what Lang, who he called Lang, uh, and his crew had done. H.G., listen, you know my name is Henry. He asked uh, director William Cameron Menzies to avoid patterning the the film after Lang's. Uh, Menzies nonetheless drew, drew a great deal of inspiration from it, and he admitted... This lengthy montage depicting the tra- the, what we're watching wow, right now. Yeah, look at that. That's a crazy. He says it owes a huge debt to that 1927 film. To be fair, this is like halfway during the film. We saw like civilization crumble and become warlords. Right. And, uh, you know, then we see what the, the future Reason, is. Reason, technology. Do you remember that uh, SNL bit where uh, 
Bill Bill Clinton is trying to get votes, and it's Phil Hartman, and he's in a McDonald's, uh-huh. and he's explaining he's explaining uh, warlords to a guy, and he's using the fries. He's like, I see a note, or he takes the chicken nugget. And he's like, warlords. I always say that it's a good bit. I need to. I need. Please send me a sure. link. Here you go. Uh, sure. Do you have a peacock account? Then you're fucked. <laughs> you're not. Now, is this interesting? Music recorded at the Scala Theater, Charlotte Street, London, England, which is also the, where the final performance of the Beatles' A Hard Day's Night was shot. Is that interesting? Yeah, I guess so. I think I saw that movie. I saw that movie. I, I, yeah, I remember the scene. Uh, Alexander, used... you do remember the scene? Yeah, this is when they were in that weird warehouse. No, I guess not. I don't. I I just. Can't. I know a hard day's night, but I just. You don't remember when they walked through this factory? No, it's a studio. It's a studio. Gotcha. All right. Well, I thought it was like leftover sets. Music recorded at the Scala Theater. So it's a theater. I'm not at the top of my game this show. Oh, it's fine. Thank this you. This is more educational. We're learning about things to come. Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. for the poor audience. So that automated we're building a house is actually very... Okay, here we go. All right, so we're... This is 10 more years. 2036. 2036. All right, yeah. so 13 more years. Right, and all the people we saw before won't be there anymore. And that's why I don't... One of the reasons I don't like this film. But we'll see that descendant again of our family is Mussolini's the same actor you guys killed my Mussolini dad wow look at this 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 is pretty metropolis those tubes are terrible man it breaks down you're fucked now I was wondering to myself is that like the tube we use to send messages in office buildings oh right those or like when you go to the bank uh, teller. Right. The, the drive through So that was something that business used to do when films were black and white. So maybe. Right. Okay. Now, we've got this modern world in this technology world. So what's this guy right here? He's going to be our new bad guy. And his name is Theopolis. Ooh. And, yeah. He will bluster about how fucked up all this technology is and we need to go back to just being people the good old days all right we got you stop holding up the wall <laughs> you're holding it up from <coughs> the day there you're right so the dike sprung a leak and <laughs> right yeah it's like it's bigger yeah he was on duty it's a, your civic duty if you live in the town. You you know. Well, you know he kind of screwed up. They're like, no, your finger, stick your finger in this. <laughs> He's like, finger. oh, I'm so embarrassed. So, like, um, <laughs> that would be a good bit, man. Like the guy, <laughs> it's your shift at the dike, and like right. to the <laughs> left, you plug a hole to the right, and then right by your crotch, a hole pops, and you're like, what am I gonna do? Do you plug the hole? Yeah. Um, right of your life. 
Okay, so, so look how every town has changed. It's totally yeah. a shopping mall with those two. Yeah. There's the movie house. There's the massage. There's Logan Five. There's Jessica Seven. Right. Hi, I represent how children are the same forever. And now we're going to get like, that's why I don't like this film. Some totally new guy, and he's the old wise. He's going to just talk to his daughter. And look, they're looking at New York. New York in 1925 is so funny. Yes, it was before Thanos snuffed his fingers, and here we are today. She's... But Daddy, how did he survive without yeah. without anti dye machines? Daddy, why is there a TV channel of old buildings? Yeah. Look at the flat screen TV. They predicted that, I guess. That's what the internet wants to look how modern it is. You can yeah. see right through the seat. Well, they predicted television. Television was around by that point, 36. Yes, it was. But of course, it was the cathode ray. So it right. was a curved, you know, flat. I mean, there was a tube, and there's nothing flat screen. You need you have all all chairs are translucent. Yeah, that's right. In the future, so I can see your ass, honey. <laughs> right. When you sit down, you freaky girls, they'll see your ass. I made a new chair. Did you fart? No, it wasn't me. I don't know. I kind of kind of see little Steve. Little, <laughs> little do. <laughs> There's a little, yeah, it was a little moisture. <laughs> like the glass clouded up. Okay. All right. I will <laughs> never sit on a translucent chair just for that. See, I got her little 1930s dolly. Right. Well, those are evergreen. So, what else is on TV? Can I change the channel? No. Yeah, really, please. You finally have a TV. Daddy wants Great. to watch his stories. Okay, so in general, this movie was extremely well received by British critics. At the box office, however, it was a disaster, failing to oh. garner large audiences after its profitable first week in cinemas. You see, it blew up the first week. Everyone right. was so into it. And then, and then bad said, word of mouth. Done that. People were at the water cooler that Monday, and they're like, did you see that stinker, things that come? <laughs> stinker, huh? I was going to take my sweetheart. <laughs> uh, actually, sweethearts, my candy box. I bring my own candy. Uh, the movie drew huge audiences upon its opening in New York City. Advertisements for this movie mentioned that large crowds continually flocked to the New York City's Rivoli Theater from 9.30 a.m. on opening day until the ad went to press four days later. The initial oh. interest in the movie wore off. Look at this phone, this video phone, video call. Well, he's he's watching a broadcast. Theopolis is, like, gonna... It's not like a phone. It's like a t little TV. They don't have, like, a glass tray to put your uh, keyboard underneath the desk, you know. <laughs> And then, like, a glass uh, cabinet where you can put your uh, computer box. 
Look then, how they're uh, not wearing pants. He's got his legs. I know. Back. They look like he's been crossing his legs the whole time. Well, we, you don't want oh, to. Oh, he's wearing feet. safety shorts. <laughs> Strike a pose. <laughs> There's nothing to it. Jump. Come on, Superman, jump. Yeah, right, with his cape. The cape. At least they're, like, doing clothes that look different, at least. Not the right. hairstyles, but... They're close to his croc. <laughs> you got crocs. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else has, like, normal shoes. Oh, oh Dick two-way Tracy, radio. Dick Tracy. Come in, Dick Tracy. This has to be half-matted. Like, they have to... I don't think they had all those people there at once. So what is going to happen now is we're going to have the people who are trying to, um, you know, they're just, they're in charge of the technology. And one of the things they're doing is they're going to send a spacecraft to the moon. Now, it's not going to land on the moon. It's just going to go around the moon, just like right. we did. And this has no idea what we did. Any animal is going to be in that satellite orbiting around? No, it will be two people. As a matter of fact, they're both of the daughters. Uh, we'll see. Okay, so then um, there's Theopolis, who doesn't want it, and he wants the launch stopped, okay, because he's against technology. Now, what's interesting is they don't do a rocket. They do a space gun. They're okay. just going to... Oh, shoot you like a bullet to the moon. Okay, that's kind of cool. So they, you have like a cartridge, like a a bullet spaceship, and then you just yes, you, yeah. It's it's a mega mega cannon kind of looking thing, and uh, you know humans are in a capsule that gets put in like a, as if you're stuffing a musket. They and really then, that, they <laughs> so much money to build a space rocket, a cannon. <laughs> And do they made once. a space gun. They made a space gun. How, do you, does it look like they've used it before? No, it's <laughs> the first time, right? It wasn't smoking. I'm saying, like, it's one of those one-item kitchen uh, accessories you don't need. Like, you know, does it mash potatoes at <laughs> least? Yeah, just no, no, it shoots, a, it shoots a bullet ship out in space. Now, look, here is Theopolis, and he's being projected as, you know, larger than life here. It is kind of cool how throughout the years they use different technologies. There's so look, the phone. there he is in the studio, and you see the iPhone there? Yeah, iPad. the iPhone. Yeah. So This guy has the Zoom. Yeah, he's watching the iPhone, too. That it's, man is being heard by millions of people. Let's hope they don't heed his, you know. But they will, and they'll, like, riot sure. to go kill the space gun. So their plot is... Let's shoot the fucker right now. Let's just Let's shoot see. it. We do it now. Any questions? Yes, what are you wearing? How do we know the gun's pointed the right way? And what Wait, what if they overshot? They're going to shoot them around the moon? The, the moon? Yeah, you see, they're going to... Yeah, they're going to shoot Gravity's them around the like, They'll do like a... Slingshot them. Swing, no, but yeah. seriously, that's what we did. We didn't build uh, a cannon. Uh, no, we didn't. We just, but I'm saying the first time we went to the moon, we didn't land. We slingshot. Right. Uh, perhaps ignoring the fiction part of the science fiction movie, 
Scientific contemporaries criticized it on scientific and technical grounds. The Journal of British Interplanetary Society insisted that the space travel depicted was unfeasible as a space gun used to launch these two citizens into space would require greater force than the human body could strain. The space gun moved opposite to the physics action. Well, I'll say that part when we get there. Like okay. the way they do it in the movie, they sort of cock the gun and let it go, like as if you were pulling back a slingshot. Sure, and it, it ricochets space. out yeah. of the Earth's yes, and into the outer stratosphere. But they're saying that the way the gun fires doesn't. Okay, I'm going to read it. The space gun moved opposite to how physics action reaction explain, explains the system would behave if there was such a thing as a giant gun launcher. The movie depicts the barrel moving downward against its base, then slowly moving upwards like it's spitting out the rocket ship. If taken literally, that amount of barrel travel at such a slow rate would not move the ship out of the barrel. A ship launched by explosive effect out of a gun would have the barrel moving downward, downward simultaneously. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. There's recoil, buddy. Right. This, they didn't do it. They pulled it back like a slingshot right. and shot. Instead and of, it, like, shooting in it, bounces. Yeah, like recoil. And there's no sonic boom around this shopping mall that, like, breaks <laughs> the, all these tubes and shit like that. Doesn't it look like Ro Logan's run? Uh, no, there's no, there's no repercussion. They're doing the fucking space gun, Theopolis. Hey, are there even any stores in this mall? They they no. obviously don't have wallets or pockets. They don't have money. They, they everything. If you're hungry, you can be fed. Right. Need now, a seat? Let me get some lucite. Look, what we got here is the naysayer again. Ah, war. You know, he's the same guy when his in his uh, pantyhose here, and he's saying. You kids shouldn't fly into space. It's dangerous. That's going to be his whole message. I don't like this. Hello. Are, did you turn the sound off again? Maybe. <laughs> I wanted to hear what you had to say. Okay, never mind me. <laughs> it didn't kill people who were prepared for death. An ugly spectacle of waste. There's nothing wrong in suffering if you suffer for a purpose. Our revolution exactly. That's what my wife says. Right. I'm suffering here, you fuck. But it's for a purpose, these children. Well, the gun's in urgent danger. Oh, shut up, what? child. The gun's in oh, urgent the danger? It's a family drama. What's that rumble rumble noise? There's a riot at the food court. <laughs> oh, it's Rock Against Vito's. Wow, yeah, what's, what are they doing? They're going to climb that? 
They got to knock it over? Uh, I don't really know. That's not the space gun. Uh, the space gun's sort of like out in the field on its own, you know, right. sort of like, uh, sort of looks like Arizona desert kind of place. And they're all going to flock there. So I think they're just getting rallied right now. It must be the Arizona desert because they're all wearing shorts or like short shorts. The dude on the right, the guy talking right now, yeah. he has great legs. Take him out, see? <laughs> yeah, they are really yeah. great legs. Yeah. Oh, you know, now, which re- reminds me. I've I'm, I'm seen a heterosexual. All right. Oh, well, I- sorry, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you first. <laughs> it reminds me I was going to have chicken tonight. Go ahead. <laughs> but is that white? That's dark meat. That's dark meat. Uh, no, I was just saying, like in a heterosexual way, I think his legs are pretty sexy. You, you, you've Look, researched this movie. Ooh, a uh, helicopter. There was no such thing. So this is the one thing. I mean, because flat screen TVs. Come on, did he just do, man do, have a TV do, that's do, flat? Do, that's do, all. They're on the. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm singing the theme to mash. Go ahead. Now everyone can. <laughs> that's not the theme to mash. I, I believe it is. All right, let's hear it. Do, 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 do. Coming up next, man, another mash. Do, 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 do. All right, I don't know the song. Do, 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 do. That's what you sing. Do, 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 Okay, there is Space Gun. There's the Space Gun. Yes, and it's intimidating. And when I look at Space Gun, I feel manly. Do you? I I don't know. I feel really defensive about that. You know, like they must be threatening gun. Yeah. If they do shoot it off, there's going to be like birds dropping out of the sky and like (laughs) cows being knocked at tipped. It's terrible. Okay, so there, the, there was no fucking chopper. So I mean, sure, Leonardo da Vinci had drawn it, so maybe it came from somewhere. But you know, the concept. Sure. But we, they, they didn't have choppers, so that thing blew people's minds. And this is the first helipad at a uh, casino. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yes, your room is ready, Mr. Lip Schwartz. <laughs> it's future tyrant, future warlord. Okay, so now they're going to like a stuff in a musket. <laughs> they're going to, okay, they're going to get into this capsule and then it's going to get stuffed down the the gun. Star Trek, he, they predicted Star Trek. Right. Ooh. Wow, yeah. I, th- I guess I those are cool, that glass elevators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, talk about like 80s, I guess, and 70s uh, hotel architecture. But you go up and you can look down at the lobby before you get to your room, <laughs> before you get vertigo coming out this of there. Is a, yeah, that's what I, high anxiety, remember high that? Anxiety. Well, that's, that's the famous San Francisco hotel that has uh those glass elevators and you, you go up in the actual you know the the uh when you go outside your room YouTube? okay it's a lobby okay 
it's all balcony, so it's all real when you go up to your room. So it's scary. Ah, you were scared? I was a little. I had the hotel heebie-jeebies. I had to call the hotel detective. I thought that was a hotel ghost. (laughs) You know, the usual. And then once I I was living in the hotel. Um, It was so funny because he was scared of heights. So the doctor diagnosed him with high anxiety. It's so stupid. Yeah. I know, right? I like that movie, though. Now, that's a dumb, dumb bullet. This is is dumb. All right, so they're going to load the dumb, dumb bullet. <laughs> they don't have a bottom chamber or anything? They have to stick it up there? It's a cannon. I got you. Okay, so here comes the crowds. And through some method of technology, Theopolis will get to speak to our hero as if they're standing next to her. Look, you see that sort of microphone thing he's holding? Maybe that's the explanation. They could talk over a ravine. Turn it on again. This is basically HBL spouting off, you know. Which might be more fun to read. Yeah. To go? We bluster, bluster, bluster. They don't want this exposition? Right, they don't. He wants to sh- shut down technology. Are they, are they anti-Ludites or Ludites? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What's a Ludite? There was some dude who was like, he hated technology. And people were like, no, you got to like technology. So this is a phrase, like, anti-Ludite and Ludite to them. All right, okay, finally. so he's, yeah, they're Ludites. They're against technology. Did I say it backwards? I don't know. This is the second time I've had this conversation, so I'm an idiot. Okay. The right. um, the script or film treatment and selected production notes were published as a book in wow. 35, reprinted in 40 and 75. Um <clears throat> An academic edition annotated by blah, blah, blah was published in 2007. The script contains many scenes that were either never filmed or no longer oh. exist, although the exitant footage uh, also includes scenes not in the published script. So they he wrote stuff they didn't shoot, and they right. shot stuff he didn't write. But this is all grand-scale stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we saw war. Look at this. This has to be like maybe some matte paintings or whatever, but or models. But it, it's really cool. A lot of the people. art. The art design guy was like the brother of the producer. Oh, he I was gonna say his that, name was but... Wells. I saw that in the credit. No, no. Do you uh, know the time? The time machine. One of the most recent versions was directed by the grandson of H.C. Uh, Wells. Oh yeah, I think I did hear that. That's interesting. Yeah. The Guy Pierce version. Now, this director, uh, I haven't really talked about him, but he did some, he did, okay, this guy was really a production design person. And it was, he created the job title production designer. Look, you see wow. how it, yeah, it yeah. didn't recoil, it spat. Well, I can't hear you from the explosion. Meanwhile, in outer space, 
a new neighbor joins us. Yeah. As Space Bullet One approaches our atmosphere. Now this so, is um, this is our big end. Really? In, yeah, in which it's going to be like, what shall become of us? What path will we choose? Destroying technology or embracing it? It's it's a it's a wrap up to. Uh, I don't know. See, they didn't start out the film asking that question. This film wasn't done well. It wouldn't be fair if the people, their ancestors, asked that question, and the film ends with their, you know, future uh, guys asking the same question. Same question. Yeah. You got to listen now. It's public domain, Mike. It's public domain. All right, conquest against conquest. My own conquest. This is the whole pontificating, all this whole movie. Yeah, now this movie, unfortunately, it starts at the beginning and goes to the end. There isn't a thematic. Uh, let's, there is let's a through line. Think, yeah, there's no through line. I think this movie just likes the sound of its own voice. Yeah, yeah. Here comes our big end. He's like, we're just animals. But, but, no more than all the other animals do, I have But, yeah, and there's a big but. Now he looks up when he says the but. So are we going to be animals or are we going to be a man? He's still talking. Which shall it be? <laughs> oh, is this the end? The astral yeah, music? You see how you had to ask, is this the end? Because the Well, film it was. Yes, it was the end. Because the film doesn't take us, it doesn't give us a story, it doesn't start with the beginning have a middle act and go this film sucks it looks nice i'm sorry i'm waiting for the court so you do not like this movie no i i think this movie was poorly done i think it's extremely interesting yeah i mean there's some great graphics and great imagery and the fact that the use of extras and you yeah. always hear about film history and how they spend so much money on on the scenery and you see it you definitely see like every penny spent uh, on yes. screen but there's no th through line as you say like it's right nothing knows like a lot of generational movies like this like cloud atlas or something abstract like that they they have a reason for it and his reason yeah, is that war cloud is bad it's a good example cloud atlas because there was a story there and these these different time periods related to each other right and they were it was about war i mean a lot of it was about war you know, and the future was the effect of war. All right, yeah. I his people. That, I remember that scene. He was in the nut house, and he just yeah. walked. Oh, I got to check that movie out. I got to try to pretend to read that book again. Oh, you haven't seen that film? Tom Hanks is Oh, I have. Up. No, I, ha I have. Yeah, I, okay. I seen it once. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It was of its time, I guess. Carl, wow. Things to come. God, next left. Movie. 
Yeah. Oh, you know, it's about a Fantastic Four convention. Things to come. Ah. Yeah. All right. I should have used that joke during the movie. Carl, the movie's over, and we are going to be back next week with a brand new movie. I should ask you. I texted you an interesting film called The Lathe of Heaven. Oh, all right. The Lathe of Heaven. (laughs) All right. Carl, we'll be watching Lathe of Heaven next week on Mutiny Radio, as we are on every Sunday at 2 p.m. See you next week. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. friend i wrote this song uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and lace champagne tickles my nose and, uh, i love to paint outdoors listen you should follow me on twitter it's jokes to carl the french duh not the oh, oh, duh. let's watch a full length movie on Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I- I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the duh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With Mike Hi, welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? All right, ready to watch this film. Looking forward to a good episode because it's a good film. We are going to watch a good film this week. We are streaming right now, as we always do, every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on San Francisco's own Mutiny Radio. What is Mutiny Radio? It's an internet radio station. You can find it at mutinyradio.fm. You can hit it and you can stream it. We have full afternoon uh, Sunday shows. We're just part of it, so make it an afternoon. But check it out. Listen to us first on Mutiny Radio. Listen to us next on our podcast, which uh, posts every Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Uh, you have to find it by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll hear the, the podcast. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with the sound off, and you're going to listen, watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the same time. So you're going to have to find the YouTube. If you want to just not deal with it, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl is the producer of this show. You heard his fantastic theme song. He has researched this movie we're going to watch. He has also synced this movie and posted it on YouTube. And very shortly, Carl, we'll be hearing an interview you had with a celebrity comedian who will talk about 
their celebrity and their comedianness, and then give us a countdown to this movie. I'm really anxious. A good movie this week? Carl, what is this movie? This week, we will watch The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Don't don't put in man. The Incredible Shrinking Woman, 1981. And the channel we like is Kenny Love Music Movie. Not Jimmy Eat World. Kenny Love Music Movie. That's the most inspirational uh, YouTube channel I've heard. So Kenny Loves mo moves, Music Movies. Fuck you, books. Kenny doesn't like them. No, no, no. Magazines. Well, uh, book, it, it, movie is quicker. It goes yeah. right in. You know? Uh -huh. Video uh, too much for Kenny. So go ahead and find. The Incredible Shrinking Woman. The Incredible Shrinking Woman. 1981. Kenny Loves Music Movies. You're going to find Kenny's link. Here's what we need you to do. We want you to enjoy the following interview coming up. And during the interview, we want you to hit, find the link, hit play, hit pause. Whoa, no, even worse. That, 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 two ad. Yes. So two ads will play. One, you just got to watch. The other one, you can skip at five. And one said, no, actually, I just got one ad today. Good for me, right? Lucky me. Yeah, I got one ad. After that ad plays, hit pause, move your timer to zero, zero, zero. And then while you're listening to the interview, the celebrity comedian, when they're done, they're going to give you the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, we go. So, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Carfaro. Welcome. Hey, Carl. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Now, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. Most of the time, it's open mics, less than shows. And I think you're very new to comedy. Maybe there was a pre-pandemic time, but, uh, you know, in the in the context of things, right, it's pretty new. Tell, tell me why you got into comedy, how you got into comedy, and how long are we talking about here? Sure. So uh, before the pandemic, I had one of my friends who thought he was funny come at me and say, hey, I'm doing an open mic. I know you love comedy. Uh, why don't you come out and uh, try it out? So me and him, we went to the uh, the original stand in New York City. Ah, uh -huh, the original first one. Yeah. Open mic, yeah. Um, that dirty, dingy basement. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we've made it. This is how comedy should be. And I told a story uh, about my dad, something I've told to all my friends, family, hundreds of times, you know. So I already knew that it was going to be a decent story to tell. And we got some laughs. But for us, we were like, First time we got laughs. Comedy's easy. Like, it's done. <laughs> it then really is. We went, yeah. Then we went back the second week, tried actual material, and just played to crickets. <laughs> so mm. I took a little bit of time off after that. And I had to check the ego a little bit. But then... Um, was that I'd Laughing say, Buddha? What's that? Was that Laughing Buddha? So, yeah, it was uh, early on in the Laughing Buddha. I don't think they had a formal... Uh, agreement yet with the stand but now if you go to the stand it's all laughing buddha shows right as as the open mic. um which i like those people they're nice um they let you on and they, they give you some good encouragement those are always good bikes to do um but then i took a little time off and then i really because missed of it the so. pandemic? because of the pandemic or so that was in 2017 so i took about till uh, early 2019 to get uh -huh. back into it I really needed some time to let that ego cool off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then I went real hard um, on comedy, going all the open mics. Uh, I actually saw you for the first time. We didn't uh, meet then, but I saw you at uh, Scotty's Comedy uh, Cove. 
Yeah. And I saw you do the first mic flip. And I was like, oh, comedy's more than just telling stories. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I hit up the scene a little bit, did a couple showcases in the city, uh, actually got uh, the industry room at um, Broadway Comedy Club. I won that competition. So Terrific. I had a little bit of a residency. And then right at the turn of that, pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a scientist, uh, former scientist, I guess you could call it at this point. Well, you're um, between jobs, right? Right, right. I'm taking scientist. a little bit of a hiatus. <laughs> you're educated. You are a scientist. Right. So literally, right, we hit the pandemic. I think comedy's dead. So I'm like, I might as well just double down on science because hopefully this is the only pandemic I'll ever see in my entire lifetime. I think it would be pretty good to get that on a resume. <laughs> so I did that. And did then, you do any um, Zoom shows during the pandemic? No, I literally just said, Chris, if you're going to do something, you have to do it all the way. Um, it looks like that's going to be science. You know, I didn't really have a lot of connections at the time in comedy. So I didn't know who I could ask where they were doing Zoom shows, you know, uh, where the uh, outdoor shows were. So right. I, I literally just said, it's time for you to be a scientist, time to help out the community. And then I was like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> I need to get back into comedy. Now, you do a lot of jokes about growing up rural, right? Growing oh, yeah. up country. Tell me about that. Where did you grow up? How did this influence your comedy? And uh, what's the contrast now? Uh, I mean, we're, this isn't ur an urban setting, but still, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell us about the difference. Of course. So uh, I grew up in Long Valley, New Jersey, which uh, if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's in Morris County, right up against the Pennsylvania border. Um, and I grew up right across from a horse farm. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty rural. Uh, I had like a quarter mile long driveway. Uh, so it's definitely different. I live in Hoboken right now. Yeah. And uh, just the, the sounds at night, I'm used to, you know, hearing like raccoons and, and deer and bear sure. and those things are what put me to sleep you know when i hear a siren i'm like all right what are we doing here <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's yeah. got to be an emergency exactly but i feel like that has definitely uh influenced my comedy at least uh up until this far uh i mean the great juxtaposition between where i grew up and where i uh am living now plus i also went to school in the bronx at fordham university there's just so much that an outside observer who's never experienced any of this mm -hmm. like you can just take in i've never experienced ubers until you know probably three years ago mm -hmm. so that whole experience is one thing that's still kind of blowing my mind i don't understand how you could have a stranger just pick you up in a car now from in long valley still within 50 minutes you're in the city Right. I mean, and Morristown, that's, you know, I mean, you weren't so removed, right? right? Is it really so secluded? It's pretty crazy because I would say up until college, um, maybe a little bit in high school, I thought Morristown was the big city. Uh -huh. you know, we play, I played football in uh, high school. We played Morristown every single year. And when uh -huh. we would go there, we were like, all right, are we going to have police escorts or something it's pretty dangerous out there yeah, it's and dangerous then, in morristown yeah later on i met someone from morristown football team and uh we actually had 
a cow walk across our football field right before a state championship or not state championship mm -hmm. state playoff game when we were playing Morristown. And they were like, we'd never seen anything like that. We were just waiting for a bear to come eat the cow. <laughs> so it wasn't just me. I always felt like it was just me projecting, but it's other people. It's yes. Uh, it's a whole new world. Okay. Now I want to get to this movie podcast. You have a huge movie podcast. <laughs> What's the name of it? Well, it's called The Huge Movie Podcast <laughs> because it's all-encompassing, right? So it's me, um, my friend from home, Connor Garrigan, uh, John Gallagher, a new friend, and Jack mm -hmm. Mayberry, our producer. What we're doing every week is we've taken the IMDb Top 100 Movies of All Time list, and we've put that into a giant bracket, right? So we use the seating from that to make our matchups. Um, and every single week we take one matchup, we argue about which movie should be moving on, which one's best. We argue why that is. And, uh, overall we're hoping to see what the actual greatest movie of all time is in our opinions. Gotcha. Um, we've had a very, very big disagreement with IMDb. Uh -huh. We hate Citizen Kane, as I told you before. Mm -hmm. uh one of the most overrated movies there is and it if is. everyone disagrees come listen to the podcast come comment and i'll fight you on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah rosebud not uh the most uh revealing ending uh i don't know like we were talking in person you know it was um it was it was shocking to people at the time and that made it very popular and now it's gotten to the point you're right it's overrated at least yeah. in my opinion, I'm with you guys there. A hundred percent. And, you know, it's not to say that at the time these movies weren't good or on the cutting edge, but as one of the main theme themes we've been talking about, because we're still in the lower ranked movies, those yeah. tend to be the older movies that have fallen out of favor with people. We've noticed that the technology for when these old movies came out were cutting edge at the time, right? Yeah. They've influenced a bunch of different movies. However, the movies that are being produced right now have taken what they've done, expanded upon it, and it's like anything. The old's going to come out and the new's going to replace it. Yes. Not saying that those weren't great movies at the time, but there's better stuff now because of those old movies. Yeah. So you can still have an appreciation. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, Chris Cafiro, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? Do you have a website? Do you have YouTube? Uh, is Instagram your haunt? H how can people s find you and find out what you're up to? So biggest two things, uh, Instagram and YouTube, uh, both of those are at Chris Carfaro. Um, in Instagram and YouTube are both where you'll find the uh, podcast as well. Uh, the Huge Movie Podcast. Again, uh, I'm on Twitch at uh, Topher Carf. So it's the end of Christopher and the first four <laughs> letters of Carf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, oh, that's so basically it. So people who are listening to the audio version know the last spelling of your last name. It's like Car, then Far, then an O. Car, yeah, Car, Far, Oh. But it's <laughs> very nice. But it's Car Pharaoh. It's Car Pharaoh. Yes. Okay. Now, Chris, Chris Carfaro, everyone at home, poised to watch this film, same time we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play on their device at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Carfaro, and give us that 
Celebrity Comedian Countdown. All right. I've been waiting for this. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for your Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Very interesting. I can't wait to listen to it later. Right. We're starting off with Universal, the old school intro. Yeah, this is a Universal movie. It really appeals to all audiences. Universally. <laughs> oh, there's no CC on this. Uh, Kenny, come on. We need closed captioning. Well, right. Tom Lily Tomlin, it says for you. Charles Grodin. Oh, it's star-packed. It's, it's it is star-packed. Star Ned, Ned Beatty? Listen, you can't have Charles Grodin without Ned Beatty. Good point. I love the graphics. Talk about 1981. Yeah. It's like your calculator's graphic. Your pocket calculator. See how they what? zoomed in? So, so the cast is full blast. Mark Blankfield. Who's Mark Blankfield? He, we saw him as the star in The Jerk 2. That's right. He was the star. That's right. And he does his job in this film. I mean, he really does a good job. You know, he's very much a comedic actor. There's lots of um, Pratt Hall kind of things. Now, so what this movie is trying to do is talk about how awful consumerism was in the 70s. How it, I mean, this is 81, it's released, but it was shot in the 70s. And so is this an actual commercial? So this guy's actually on the street it's from a supermarket. Right. And he's trying to get people to try the product. And it's basically Cheese Whiz. Um, and of course, Cheese Whiz tastes gross, I think, personally, myself. A lot of the more sodium, the better it tastes. Oh, and I agree with you on that. So that's the joke. People are going to try the product and blech. This whole movie is talking about the consumerism, and it blames her shrinking on these chemicals, you know, from all the products. Based, suggested by the novel, Shrinking Man. Right. Now, in 1957, there was a movie called The Incredible Shrinking Man, and they're trying to say that this movie is a parody of it, but it's not. It's just the title. It's just a parody of the title, you know? Yeah. Um, there was a book in 1956 called The Shrinking Man, and it was uh, authored, let's see. Yeah, here it is. The guy's name is Richard Matheson. He hated this film. He thought it was terrible and unfunny. Oh, no, that poor guy. He must have seen the yeah. wrong movie. Yeah, he's a famous Twilight Zone science fiction writer. Richard Matheson. Yep, look, he she he just shoves she he just shoves the crackers in her mouth. Lily Tomlin is just a consumer coming out of the grocery and she's been ambushed. Right. All on television too. Let's see what he says. She's reading a book. That's how I do it. I have my four kids on the shopping cart while I push a novel. <laughs> now, her kids are the typical 70s kids. They are not well-disciplined. They're out of control because kids will be kids is the way we thought of it back then. So oh, they right. chaos and trouble. And also, it's about the craziness of life with kids that accidents will happen and that's what's just about to happen this curious little girl uh the aerosol can 
back in the 70s that's instant death now i I guess that's a cleaning product or something they're really struggling it with now every movie has an inciting incident that kicks off our movie like you see the beginning of the hero's regular world and then something happens that rips them away from that regular world well this movie doesn't do a good job with the inciting incident. We really don't know what is making her shrink. When I saw the film as a kid, and that's why I suggested this. So I thought she fell into a vat of chemicals and it it affected her. But no, that was actually the ending. And we'll get to that. So... Oh, man, look at those melons. (laughs) It's more of the craziness of suburban life and... I'm, I'm one thing I should mention up front during the opening credits. This is written by Jane Wegman and directed by yes. Joel Shoemaker. And, and right. I think with Lily Tallinn and uh Charles Grodin, I only saw this movie in 1981, but yeah, yeah it stuck with me. This film, I really liked it too. I really yeah. did. And I, I don't know if I liked it, but it stuck with me too. It's it does a, a trick, and again, like I'm watching. I can't say I'm rewatching it if it's been 42 years, but yeah, right. You can't. Yeah. I know. But it's like what I remember as a kid was that it was entertaining, but it had a real message about like just like a really strong feminist message in this because she literally is neglected in this movie, and uh, she's like wow. just an item. She's an object in her little dollhouse, literally in this film, and the husband ignores her and. She's trying to be heard. And I just remember, no, that's not the movie I saw 41 years ago. No, she is a major character in this film who is not overlooked at all. She is loved by the husband. Really? Okay. Absolutely. But don't you think it's a metaphor being trapped in a dollhouse and being small and whose voice is small? I think it could be a metaphor if this movie had a small woman who was ignored. She is large and in charge in this film. Are we seeing two Lilies? We are. We're seeing two Lily Toms. She'll play four people in this, four characters. And two of them are made famous from from Latin, which was her start, really. Let's see. She was in, most recently in a movie called 80 for Brady, but this movie, right. she's like 40 for Brady, right? Because it's 42 years ago. Yeah, I suppose. Yes, she probably is in her early 40s here. Now, the woman who sh- she's sitting across from herself. Now, this neighbor is named Judith Beasley, and she was a character really from to- Lily Tomlin's live comedy shows, uh, more than laugh-in. We'll see that telephone operator Oh, one ringy dingy. But it's like a cameo kind of thing. Luann, I think. No, Luann was the child she did. Let's see. Ernestine, a telephone operator. And Edith Ann was a little girl who would sit in the big chair. She'd pretend to be a little girl. And that was on Laughing. That didn't make it into this film, but it did make it into the TV version of this film. Oh, how cool is that? For no other reason because they have the footage. It's like, here, I'm going to leave these products with you. She goes, I have no room in my house for these products. She goes, no problem. (laughs) They stick to the wall. We're products. (laughs) That'll be throughout the film. It's sort of like an Avon lady kind of takeoff. Consumerism 
just trying to sell right, to all to of house, the literally, literally in your own home. And the husband, of course, has a job doing advertising for products. Gotcha. Now we're having a funny bit and they're doing the crazy music of got to put all the groceries away. This is uh, me and my house. It says I don't put them away. I just eat them. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we're, well, where's the pop tart? Oh, never mind. Now, we don't have bags anymore at the store. Do you guys still have that in L.A.? Yeah, I mean, you California has a law. This takes place in California. Again, when we saw this, we were in New Jersey, and I always had an idealized fantasy of what California was like because of films like this. But as mm -hmm. it stands today, you can get a bag. You just pay a dime. Oh, okay. Is it a plastic bag or a reusable? It really, it really depends on the comp on the store, but it's usually a plastic or paper bag. And like at Trader Joe's, I'll get a double paper bag, or I could buy like the little reusable Trader Joe's bag, say. But if I do the double bag, that's twenty cents. But it's you know what? When that law passed like ten years ago, right? I, it was fine. I just need the fucking bags. I'll right. pay the extra ten cents. I reuse the bags. Yeah. Anyway, so now here comes Charles Grodin after his business trip. And he like did really well and they gave him an hour long presentation. They gave him a standing ovation. Now look, that's love. That is love. <laughs> Not an ignored woman. And it's all gonna be about them tonight. Great. Oh, with the kids too? The kids are not well, happy. The kids like, Daddy's home, and they're like, Hi, Dad. And he goes, All right, I guess the presents will wait. And they go, Presents, and they run. The good good uh, that's good airport presents right there. Yeah. Right. That's Welcome right. to Seattle. They I make got, that joke, Mike. Oh, they do? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a dead ringer. But you have to expect it, right? Mm-hmm. And for the lady. <laughs> <laughs> now, Joel Shoemaker and, well, you know, I don't know if you remember Lily Tomlin had a woman, one woman show called In Search of Intelligent Life in the Universe. Yes. It, yes. And that was one of her first big things that made her a famous comedian. That's written by Jane Wegman, who wrote the screenplay. Well, that she would, Jane uh, Wagner is her Wagner. wife. In yeah. real life. For decades. They met, let's see, they met so long ago. Um, she made a writing debut, CBS Afternoon Special JT in 1969. She won a Peabody Award for that. And that drew the attention of Tomlin, who was looking for someone to help develop the laugh-in character Edith Ann. So that's okay, it was the beginning the of a collaboration. They fell in love, and, and they're, they're together today. Back when she was 20 for Brady. What? Uh, yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, she wrote and directed Moment by Moment, starring Tomlin and John Travolta. She wrote this. Oh, yes. uh, well, it's a long list of things. They're not all collaborations with uh, Lily Tomlin, yeah. but most of them are. And most I think she's very comfortable with that. I saw a really good movie with Lily Tomlin called Grandma. It came out maybe eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. And that starred the woman who would go on to be in Ozarks and yeah, get the... very successful. She wasn't at the time, but she really did a good job. She really played the um, meek, uh, you know, she was a girl in trouble. And yeah. Grandma was helping. Grandma was helping. Yeah, that's okay, true. No. He's going through names for perfumes. 
How about intense? How about the thing? And, oh, and Lily Tomlin goes, how about sex pot? And the next thing you know, he's in the office going, sex pot, sex pot. <laughs> it's bold. I like it. It's direct and to the point. It's, it's hardcore marketing. I love now, it. This is a little sick because they want to overhear their parents having sex. But when the parents really do start to have sex, they leave, which is the proper thing to do as a little pig kid. Now, remember I told you about the inciting incident. What right. is making her shrink? We really don't get to see it except for in this scene, there's like a hint. See, they're going to do it now and the kids just recognize that and walk away. Oh, good. Panning over to what might be the inciting incident. What else could it be? So does he shrink in this scene? I could explain how he had a long trip. That's the thing I was thinking. If this is the inciting incident, then why why isn't he shrinking? Oh, all the chemicals from the yeah. neighbor. I guess from the neighbor. Is it from the neighbor? I, I there, That was on a box on the shelf. Right. So here he is in the office going, sex pot. Look at that baby's hair. God bless him. I should think of sex and dope. I think it says it all. <laughs> I think of sex and dope. Sex pot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a shame. You know, we always say, like, if you want to see this movie, it's on YouTube. So, you know, yes. we're going to talk over it. It's our podcast. But... Well, yeah, I recommend that you see this film. Now, look, this isn't the greatest film in the world, but you are going to laugh and you are going to enjoy it. And everyone's charismatic in it, but it's not the greatest film ever. And it's not just drop dead hilarious. Um, are you, so... are you a fan of the director? Are you aware of the director? Well, the, this director is a big deal, uh, and this is his premiere as a director. This is his first Knock film directing. Knocks he it out. was really a costume designer, a production designer, and he was an author. He wrote Car Wash, and he wrote The Wiz. As uh, Yeah, the screenplay. Joel Schumacher, yeah. yeah. He wrote the screenplay. Now, he did DC Cab, St. Elmo's Fire. You know this guy. Of course. Uh, the Lost Flat Boys. Flatliners. Yes. Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. He's out there. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Tell me, tell well, me, you look at the list. Tell me his last films because he did one where. Um, in 2011, he did Trespass. 2011, he did Man in the Mirror. 2010, he did 12. Huh. 2009, he did Blood Creek. 2007, he did the number 23. That's the Jim Carrey movie. 2004, Phantom of the Opera. Huh. Okay, I but check this out, me. Mike. The original director of this film was John Landis, who walked away from the production and walked right into American Werewolf in London. So he walked out of this and into tremendous success. He didn't like the budget. The budget was going to be $30 million. And then they cut it to 11. And he goes, what? Fuck this shit. And then it was 13. But in the end, it was 20 million because of all the shrinking stuff. So John Landis, this was going to be his film. And wow. he walked away from it. And it and it launched um, Joel Shoemaker. You know, I, I'm going to plug a friend of mine, uh, David Gebro, who is a fantastic uh, guy and he has a music podcast called Discography. So think of the word disco and the graffiti. Discograph 
graffiti, okay. graffiti. And um, that's how it's spelled. He has a six-part interview with John Landis, who he's he's been a six colleague. Of his. He's known John Landis for like 20 years. Yeah. And right now, the first one came out, and he talks about being in Europe, his big break, and doing Slock, his first movie. So I'm going to listen and see what he has to say about Incredible Shrinking Woman. Yeah, he might. Yeah. Okay, now one of the products they sell is Galaxy Glue. And so it was a blessing that the vase got broke because he could try the product that they're selling. But what's going to happen is Galaxy Glue is going to get on everything. There's going to be a big chaos suburban crisis lifestyle with um, the Galaxy Glue getting everybody stuck. Now, you, you definitely say like suburban lifestyle and everybody because the whole neighborhood is here. Right. Now, this is where it starts. The Galaxy Glue is on her fingers. And now it's, I mean, the stuff is so good. Everybody who touches anybody who's got Galaxy Glue is stuck. He's wearing a Hulk Dracula costume. Yeah. It's more of the... I don't know. When my kids were, I, I mean, I'm not a strict disciplinarian or something, but when my kids were raised, like it was, there was order. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a scene like this would never happen. Like, <clears throat> right. No, I, was... just wearing their Halloween costumes around the house would not, <laughs> that's not really true. I guess. That's not true. They do it ever. They, she has three kids, right? Oh, pop, yeah, hang on. Pop two kids, a, a, da um, a daughter and a son. Oh, two kids and a dog. Okay, so now for the first time ever, we're going to get like some indication that something's wrong. The straps on her overalls are really loose. And the, the bracelet she always wears is slipping off her. It's the first indication yeah. that She's something shrinking. weird is going on. Nobody puts two and two together. Uh, he's like are you losing weight well that's a big food loose toy surprise yeah now look he goes to kiss her and she's shorter than he expected so she kisses he kisses her like face instead of lips oh so they do go to the doctor right lee van cleef right is and it? it's just like you're short, you weigh less, you're losing pounds, and nobody loses height. So that's a little concerning. It's a little weird. Now, look, I think this neighbor, you see how she's yeah. now walking through and she's short. I think this neighbor is too much like Lily Tomlin. It doesn't come off well. Everybody could see it's her twice. Is that your sister? You know? Right. Okay, so now they have the dilemma of she isn't a shrinking person as much as she's lose. Like they think she's losing height, but now she's starting to realize she's losing everything. Oh yeah. Look at those. Man, I, I, it's so cheap. They need another ten million to build that. That's that props you. Well, the thing is, they were given eleven. They said we can't do the shrinky stuff with eleven. They said, all right, have thirteen. But in the end, it was twenty because. They had to do sets with incredibly large, comfy chairs and couches so that she could appear small. And, it, you know, it's all practical effects, but it's done pr more commercialism. They just they just cut to a commercial. One thing I do remember as a kid watching this movie is that 
two thirds into this film, they do like a blackout like they would normally do for a TV show before going into a commercial. And yeah. then it comes back to show where her life is then. Like she disappears and she's Passing dead. And there's like, time. Yeah. Like there's like a fake blackout or something like uh, in this movie. And I remember that. And I remember like a half expecting to see a commercial follow it. Yes. Now you can see the x-rays there. You know, she's getting smaller and they're going to like send her for tests. Now Kleinman Institute. Now Kleinman apparently in another language, it's probably German means small. 